Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another exciting, entertaining, and enlightening episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the Cars Group, where we facilitate outcome. You can visit our website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com for more information about us, what we do, and to listen to past episodes of the podcast. Well, without further ado, I wanted to get right into today's topic. And this one is about what I call the dreaded F word of failure. And I have been working with clients from all different sizes and industries and working with teams on talent development and working with organizations to help them identify what their definition of success is and and then helping them to identify the action steps that need to go into creating or cultivating that opportunity for success. And I cannot tell you how amazing it is that people are so afraid of failure. So I wanted to talk about failure. And anytime you start anything new, anytime you decide that you're gonna undertake a new project or start a new business or go into a new market or bring a new product or, or service to bear or, or even do something different, there's always this fear in the back of everybody's mind, what if it doesn't work? What if we fail? What happens if this doesn't turn out the way we thought it should or the way we want it to? What happens if we fail? Well, first of all, I need you to understand that failure, quote unquote, is not a bad thing. And I know, I know, I know everybody is saying, Keisha, you don't get it. We can't fail. It's going to cost us money and time and resources and blah, 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 blah. I get it. But I want you to rethink what you think about failure. I want you to rethink the way that you conceive failure. I want you to rethink the purpose of failure. And by doing that, I want you to think about and just envision if there's a a baby, you know, one, maybe two years old, 18 months or so, and you're around this child and they're cute and they're, you got the little cheats and they're, you know, doing a little baby talk and they're crawling and they're, they're trying to figure out how to walk. And if you see this child that's getting up and chesting out its legs that are, you know, it's wobbly and, and they're standing up and they have to hold on to things to be able to move from one room to the other, at the moment that that baby starts taking its first steps, you are not going to yell at it when it falls. You're not going to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you, you didn't, you know, run across the room. You're going to encourage it. You're going to clap and applaud. You're gonna break out the video camera and the cell phone camera and have all these pictures of, oh my gosh, baby took its first steps and oh my gosh, baby took several steps and oh my gosh, baby is running across the room and tottering across the room and baby's learning how to climb and baby's learning how to talk and baby's learning how to communicate. And as when, when, we're, when we're younger, we celebrate these milestones. We don't look at when a baby falls, when it's taking its first steps as failing. Because technically, by the definition of failure, which means the omission of occurrence or performance or the failure to perform a duty or an expected action or lack of success, falling short, deficiency, an inability to perform what you wanted it to do, by definition, quote unquote, the baby failed. It didn't walk. But then I know you're saying, Keisha, but I didn't expect it to walk. 
it doesn't know how to walk yet. It's only 18 months. It's only a year. It's only two years. You don't expect it to. When you're having a conversation and the baby doesn't understand vocabulary, you know, a huge vocabulary, and you're talking to it and it's responding with the goo goo gaga and, and making all these gestures and this sounds and everything and you have no idea what it's talking about, you don't say the baby failed to talk, the baby failed to communicate, the baby failed. We don't say that. We encourage the effort. We encourage it to, to you know, him or her to, to take risks. We encourage them to communicate more. We encourage them to speak more. We hold their hand when they're trying to walk. We do these things because we understand that the baby is learning. That all of these things that it's doing, the trial and error, is a part of learning. So what is it that happens that as we get older, we start looking at our inability to perform something perfectly as failing. We don't look at it as learning. We look at it as, is there something wrong with you? You're missing something. You should be doing it better, whatever. Now, I'm not talking about instances where this is something that you've been supposedly knowing how to do or, or have been trying to do for you know, 15, 20 years or something like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about instances where you're, encountered, you're encountering something new that you're trying to do differently. And why is it that we let our fear of quote unquote failing or not being able to do it perfectly the first time or even the fifth time, we look at it as being a negative. So I love to tell stories, as you know, from listening to my podcast. So I want you to think about this. You are in a team meeting and your, your project team has been tasked with increasing your market share for, you know, by 5% or 2% or 1% or 10% or whatever it is. But your boss has come to you, your team leader has come to you and say, you know what, we're not getting enough consumers in this market. There's, there's an opportunity here for us to expand the, the number of people that we're serving and to introduce what we're doing to new people in new ways so that we can get them to know that we exist and we can get them to fall in love with our products and our services and want to buy from us. So they tell you, let's go into this room and we need you to come up with ideas about how we're going to increase our market share, how we're going to get more people to want to buy from us and to experience what we have to offer. And so you go into this room and you're brainstorming and you're saying, okay, what are all the different ways that we can get consumers, you know, more consumers to know about us? Okay, maybe we can do an, a marketing campaign. Maybe we can come up with, you know, promotional items. Maybe we can go into communities. Maybe we can do this. So you come up with all these different ideas. But then you come up with a campaign, you come up with a launch, you do all of this. And when you start doing the research on it and you figure, well, yeah, you know, this seems like it'll work. So you go in and you try your first thing, which is a community outreach where you're going to go into the community and you're going to give out coupons and you're going to let people know that you're there. Well, you go into the community, you have your coupons, you start giving it out, but then no pe people aren't really all that interested. They don't really want to take your stuff. They don't really want to try anything new. They've got their tried and true brands that they're loyal to. And you may have some people that take it out of, out of politeness, but you can tell they're really not all that interested. So when you get the numbers back, sure enough, you didn't have a whole lot of people that redeemed their coupons, you didn't have a whole lot of new visitors, none of that. So by definition, it was a failure to perform, so it was a failure, quote unquote. Now you go back and you feel bad. Oh my gosh, this isn't work. 
I can't believe we, we dropped the ball on this. What is it that we're gonna do? You know, the boss is gonna be upset. We spent money, we spent time, we spent resources. And so you start focusing on the failure and you start focusing on what didn't happen instead of asking yourself the right question. What do we learn from this? What is it that this taught us? What is it that we now know that caused this behavior or caused this thing not to happen that we didn't know before? And when you are stifling your creativity and you're, and you're preventing yourself from asking the right questions about not just the outcome or, or the product or the end result, but instead you're asking yourself the questions about the process that you went through, now you're learning. Now you are exploring. Now you are being creative about understanding exactly what happened and why it worked and didn't work. But think about back to the baby. When the baby's learning these things, it tries several different ways of doing it. And if it doesn't work, it tries another one. But the older we get, the more we figure that we should be perfect right out the gate. There should never be a mistake that we make. Everything that we do in our companies, everything we do in our teams, everything we do in our organizations, everything we do in our businesses is supposed to work perfectly the first time. I am so guilty of doing that where it becomes analysis by paralysis. I am so busy thinking about all of the iterations and all of the possibilities and what could go wrong. And this has to be perfect because I have to get this messaging right because I don't wanna do anything that is not exactly the way I need it to be so that I can get the exact result that I wanna uh, want get. And you know all that does is it keeps you from exploring. It keeps you from discovering new ways of doing things. It keeps you from trying things and seeing what works and what doesn't work and then making an adjustment. So when we are afraid of failing, when we are so wrapped up in being perfect and making sure that everything we do has no mistakes at all, then we're missing the whole process of learning. We're missing the process of becoming better. We're missing the process of developing. And learning, by definition, it's a knowledge or a skill that's acquired by instruction or study. It's gaining knowledge or understanding or skill in something by studying, by instruction, by experience. So when you're afraid of failure, when you're not focusing on, on the process of learning, when you're not able to try, go through things through trial and error and, and put it out there and see what works, when you're not open to the creative process of questioning what's going on and what you're doing and why you're doing it and why this particular outcome happened and what is it that caused people to do this or what is it that caused this particular reaction or this particular result or this particular outcome and how is that different from what we thought, when you're not opening to questioning and you're not open to exploring, then you're not open to being successful. Because failure doesn't mean that what you tried didn't work and that's the end of it. Failure means that you are not open to the process of learning. Failure means that you are not open to the process of exploring. Failure means that you believe that everything that you do needs to be perfect the first time and therefore if it doesn't show up exactly the way you thought it should or you envisioned it, then you're not going to try again. That is failure. 
But instead, what if we use failure as a learning tool? What if instead of calling it failing, we called it learning? We called it experimenting. We called it discovering. We called it creating. What if instead of focusing on what didn't happen, we focused on the why? We focused on the reasons behind it. We focused on the nuances. We focused on the process. We focused on all of the different ways that we can think about what happened versus what we wanted to happen. So when we have this fear of failing, then we become averse to taking risks. We don't try anything new unless we know it'll work which means we're not being very creative. We're not thinking outside the box. We're not trying to look at things from a different perspective or a different angle. We are only looking at things and identifying with things and operating in a scope of what we already know. But if you know it will work, where's the creativity? Where's the groundbreaking innovation? Where's the way that your, that your organization or your team or your company or your business, where is the way that it's going to turn things on its, on its side? Where's the way that it's going to set itself apart? Where's the competitive advantage? Where is the vast ocean of opportunity? If you stick with what you know already, then you're gonna stay with what you know already. The child that's learning to walk or to talk or, or try new things, it fails over and over again because it's learning what not to do. It's making adjustments. You know, there's a quote by, by, by Thomas Edison. You know, he failed to make the light, you know, create the light bulb over 10,000 times. And he said, I didn't fail. I figured out 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. It's all in your perception. It's all in your mindset. It's all in the way that you think about things and the way you process things and the way that you approach things so that you understand the problem that needs to be solved. You understand the process that you need to undertake. You understand the outcome that you're trying to get to. If I'm designing a solution, I need to understand the problem that I'm trying to design around. If I don't frame the problem in the right way, if I don't frame the needs and the solution in the right way, then I'm, do, I'm going about the work in the wrong way. So you have to understand that we have to, as human beings, the way that we learn is we explore. We try things. We test things. That is the way our brains operate. We have to go through and say, okay, this is what I know. Now let me test some things to see, figure out what I don't know. But so often in organizations, in teams, in companies, in our own businesses, we figured, hey, there's a tried and true way of doing this. So we're gonna do it that way because that way is gonna lead to success. We have best practices, we have case studies, and yes, you can learn from the journey of others. You can, absolutely. It'll cut down your trial and error and your experimentation and your learning curve so much more, you know, so much more if you're able to learn from what other people have done. But just because you have a case study, just because you have best practices, just because you have information about other people that have done it and been successful doesn't mean that that is the only way it can be done.
so yes, we need a healthy dose of risk. We need a healthy dose of experimentation. We need opportunities to try things and to fail at things. We need opportunities to create environments that are conducive and supportive of learning and questioning and exploring. We need to create learning environments and professional learning communities where we ask questions, where we question the assumptions that we're given, where we question, does it have to be done in this way? Innovation is something that cannot occur unless you experience failure. And I'll say that again, innovation cannot occur in an environment unless you experience failure. You have to try something new. You have to try something different. You have to create a culture where if somebody asks an oddball quote unquote question, they're not gonna be shunned or looked at as why in the world are you asking us that? Why are you thinking about it in that way? Shake it up a bit. If you want to be innovative, if you want to be authentic, if you want to attract people and make a splash and make an impact, do something different. Risk it, try it, fail at it. We don't know it all. We're not perfect. Things change, information changes, technology changes. The, 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 the list of what people want and are able to do changes. So why can't you change? Why can't your organization change? Why can't the way that you operate change? Because the way the world works is changing. There are all of these examples of brick and mortar companies that have been around for decades that are suddenly going bankrupt because they didn't adapt. They didn't adjust. They didn't start to look at things differently and say, you know what? The world is changing. How do we need to adjust? To the way that the world is changing? How do we need to deliver our services differently? How do we need to deliver our products differently? How do we need to embrace the way people do things now, the way people live now, the way people function now, the way people interact with things, the way they buy things, the experiences they want to have, the way their lives look? We have to make sure that as we're moving forward, we are allowing our teams, we are allowing our organizations to become dynamic, centers where people can question and people can learn, where people can experiment, where they can try different things, where they can test hypotheses, where they can experiment and say, you know what? I wonder if, and then fill in the blank. Because unless we're challenging our minds to think outside the box, unless we're challenging our ways of doing things, unless we are constantly looking at the way things have always been done and looking at and asking ourselves, is there a better way to do things? Then we're gonna get stuck in the same old way of doing and the same old way of being. And you have to embrace failure. You have to embrace the opportunity to learn and to grow and to develop. You have to embrace the opportunity to be who, as at your core as a human being, as far as human development, you have to think critically. You have to analyze. You have to be willing to ask questions. You have to be willing to throw out the model and start over. And yes, that's what research and development is for. That's what people who are paid to think outside the box, that's what they do. 
the rest of the people, you pretty much do what you're told. But what if, what if your teams and your organizations and the talent that you have in your organization, what if everybody was able to think outside the box? How can we solve this problem differently? How can we think ahead of the curve in terms of anticipating what might come? How can we test out something new to see if it'll work? That doesn't mean that you go out and you throw everything out and you switch the, or the whole organization off at, over at one point, you know, all at one time. But what it does mean is you are thoughtful about what can be. You are curious about the possibilities. You are committed to the process of testing and trying and developing and renovating and revamping. You are open to the process of learning. It's not all about the product and the end game and the finished component. It's not all about where you get to. The process itself of creating and questioning and being innovative and failing that process is just as important as the outcome. And I know for somebody like me that makes their, their living from facilitating outcomes, the reason I call it facilitating outcomes is because I focus on the process to get you there. Not just the end product, not just the end result. We have to have a destination in mind, but we also have to understand what is the process we're going through? How are we encouraging people to fail? Failing forward, failing and not stopping, but failing and looking at it and saying, how can we become better? How can we move this forward? How can we adjust? How can we adapt? How can we innovate? How can we create? In all of these different things, we cannot be afraid of failing. We cannot be afraid of trying. So what does this look like in your organization? What does this look like in your teams? Number one, brainstorming sessions where we ask, what is a different way of approaching this? What does this look like from the standpoint of our ideal customer? What does this look like from all stakeholders, our customers, our employees, our team members, our leadership, our investors? What does this look like from each individual stakeholder's perspective? Second question you need to ask yourself, if money was no object, resources was no object, time was no object, if I had no restrictions whatsoever, what would I design? If I had no restrictions whatsoever, what would I design? If the sky is the limit, if everything was perfect in a perfect world, what would I design? Because so often we start with the limitations instead of starting with the possibilities. The third component, create something new. Be open to creating something new and saying, if this did not exist at all and I knew nothing about this, based on the, the solution I'm supposed to design, based on the problem I need to solve, what could I create that's new? What's innovative? What's a different way to do this? And then the fourth component, being open and supportive of ideas. Having opportunities for people to brainstorm and to talk about their ideas and, and question each other and challenge each other. 
not putting each other down, not saying that, you know, shutting everybody down, but having a, an environment where people can show up fully and authentically and wholly and they can express themselves and ask questions and give their input and their insight. Because you cannot have an innovative environment unless you are willing to communicate, unless you are willing to have people open to sharing and exploring different ideas. Taking on different perspectives of all the stakeholders and everybody that this affects, then being able to think about what would happen if, and, and then being able to think about what I would do differently, and then being able to communicate and share that and then take that back and, and revise. And overall, having an environment where failure is not a bad word. Where failure is seen as proof that you are trying. Proof that you are testing the waters. Proof that you are being innovative and you're taking risks. And you're doing it in such a way where you're taking on the information that you have you're doing your action research and figuring out all the information that you have that would support your decision. Now, when I talk about failure and I talk about risk and I talk about being creative and exploring and all that, I don't mean going out and doing things and just you know throwing it at a wall and seeing what sticks. You need to have informed innovation. You need to have you know things that are based on, on what you know and information that you gather. You need to be able to back up your decisions with information that supports it. You can't just go by your gut. You can't just go based on intuition. You have to go based on what questions that you've asked and what data that you've gathered that supports that. It's great if you have wonderful intuition, but it's even better if you can support the actions that you're taking and the risks that you're taking with sound research. So it's all about the data. It's all about making sure that the information that you've gathered and the observations that you've made are pointing you in the direction that is going to get you to success. But in the process of figuring out what success is going to look like in action, in the process of figuring out the journey and the steps, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to get it wrong. Don't be afraid to say, oh, you know what? I thought that data said, said this, but actually it meant that. Don't be afraid to do that because failure is not a bad word. Failure is not something that we should shy away from. Failure is the way that we are able to learn and to grow and to develop and to become successful and sustain our success and then to replicate. Our success because that's what we want we want to be successful but you can't be successful if you're not willing to fail if you're not embracing the process of failure and if you're not embracing the process that comes with questioning and innovating and understanding that you need to do to be able to change and to adjust in order to be the best that you can be we all have to learn we all need an opportunity to learn. It doesn't matter if you're two or if you're 20 or if you're 70. We all go through the same process of learning. And failing is a big part of that because we don't know it all. I don't care how long you've lived. There will always be something that you don't know how to do. So you need to embrace that. 
You need to welcome that. You need to use that to your advantage to be able to create an opportunity for you to be the best that you can be, for you to sustain and to achieve and to replicate the success that you want. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope this has been something that's resonated with you. I hope this has gotten you to think a little bit differently about how you're going to manage your teams and how you're going to function within your organizations when it comes to taking risks and trying new things and trying to achieve results. I hope that this has caused you to pause and to consider the questions that you're asking and the ways that you are responding to new opportunities and to risk and to failure. I'm Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by strategic planning, talent development, as well as applied learning. Visit our website at carsgroup.com, that's K-A-R-S group.com for more information about our services, to contact me about speaking, to come and train at your organization, or to assist you in crafting a vision of success that will work for you, and then to help you to outline the steps and the strategies and the action plans to get there. Please drop us a line on our website, contact us if we can be of service, and as always, make it a great one.